Welcome to Lemmy Works, brought to you by Leadership Education Mentoring Institute. We are inspiring parents, mentors, and communities as they embark on the journey of transformational project-based education. Hi, this is Tatiana Fallon. Hi, this is Heidi Christensen. We're so excited to be your hosts. Hi, everyone. Today we have Katie Richens with us today. And Katie, I'm so glad you got you are here and uh, we can talk to you about Lemmy and um, about what you've been doing with Lemmy. You know, can you tell us a little bit about yourself, like how you started homeschooling, how you found Lemmy, stuff like that? Sure. Yeah. Thanks for having me. Um, so I have six kids and um, we live in Arizona. Uh, we lived in, I grew up in Tucson. My husband grew up in Tucson. We moved away for a lot of years, moved back a few years ago, um, and love it here. Um, so the way we started homeschooling is in 2006, my family, we were living in Northern Arizona and we were living really rurally. We were about an hour away from the closest like gas station, the closest grocery store, all of that stuff. So I had three little kids out in the middle of nowhere. My husband, he um, he worked out of town a lot. So he was gone a lot of weekends, a lot of holidays. And we were like five hours from the closest family. So we were just really remote, right? So um, there were great parts about it. It was really beautiful. We lived on a ranch um, and got to have lots of adventures and things like that. Um, but when it came time to think about putting my oldest one in school, I heard that it was gonna take her like an hour and a half on the bus to two hours on the bus every day that she'd be at, at like, you know, five and a half, six, she'd be the first one on the bus and the last one off at the end of the day. And she'd be gone for just so long. And I just couldn't, I couldn't do it. I just wasn't comfortable with it. So, um, so yeah, I was one of the people who kind of said, I'll, I'll never homeschool. You know, we've heard lots of people who say like, I'll never do it. I'll never do it. Um, but I'm really grateful. I was kind of put in the position to have to do it kind of forced into a corner because I immediately loved it. Um, it's kind of like just a natural extension of the way I parented anyway. Um, and it was just really enjoyable. So that's kind of how we started forever ago, 2006. Oh, that's awesome. I, yeah. I know I, I kind of started a similar way in that I, I was one of those people is like, you just send your kids to school. I mean, that's just what you do. Right. And then it was one of those you know, things where it's like the reality hits you and it's like, I can't do this to my kid. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. Well, that was when you're the kids were real little and I really feel for you with yeah. the, the kids being little and kind of stranded, you know, that's, that's hard. I've kind of been in that situation as well. And so I, I feel you for that. Um, how did you find Lemmy? Did you find Lemmy right away? No. So, um, in 2007-8-ish, we moved back to a city, and I was immediately, uh, one of my friends introduced me to Thomas Jefferson Education, gave me the book to read, let me borrow that. So I read that way back then, um, kind of not that long after it was published, right? So um, so I, I grew up always um, loving education. I cared a lot about education. I thought a lot about it, um, and so, um, and I you know, took classes in education in college and things like that. I had worked in a preschool. Um, so I had been around things a lot. Um, and so when 
Um, when I read it, it was kind of the first time that all of these ideas that I had about how kids grow up and what they need and how they learn um, and what I would have liked growing up, all those things kind of came together in one place and I was just thrilled to read it. It was just super, um, super exciting to find something that uh, took everything that I loved and then kind of took it up a level too. So yeah, so that was, that was a long time ago. So um, yeah, so it was, it was really, really grateful to read that, but I didn't come across Lemmy until 2017 um, when Alta started. So somehow in all those years, I had never heard about a community or Commonwealth or library school, nothing like that. Um, and I think I was kind of being saved from seeing something I couldn't have for a long time, right? Like I just wasn't gonna be jealous of that thing that was out there that I couldn't have. But um, but on a Facebook page, a TJ Facebook page, Olivia Vota posted that she was starting Alta's Family Library Academy in Tucson. And um, I responded to her and we started talking about things and joined our founding year. Um, and that's that's when I learned about Lemmy. That's when I first um, saw the Scholar Projects in action. Really loved that. Um, and, you know, did Lemmy training that year. And um, and just, yeah, just loved the whole thing. So that was, that was how we learned about Lemmy. I think it's really interesting. You said earlier, like, um, I... I would never I was one of those like I would never do that I find it kind of like ironic that it's like those things we say that we'll never do we always end up doing <laughs> so true it is so true and so it's like I've got to the point now where I'm like I never say that because it's like I'm like maybe that could be reality don't like just like it's just like this thing that I've just noticed I'm like if I say it then I'll then I feel like God's gonna make me do it <laughs> it's been 100% true in my life, Tatiana, 100% true. I've seen it over and over again. So yeah, I totally agree with that. So <laughs> what is something that you feel like Lemmy has made you do that you just didn't think you'd ever have to do or would ever want to do? This is kind of like out of, out of the nowhere question. Like, yeah. I kind of no, it's great. Um, so um, through Lemmy Project, through our, our school, I felt invited um, over and over again into different ways of growing. Um, so um, actually our family had been in a really, really heavy winter, the heaviest winter our family had ever kind of experienced um, leading up to that joining of Altus in 2017. Um, and uh, and the things that we were face-to-face -face with in joining Altus, the things we were invited to think about, uh, the principles, you know, participating in family foundations, the book discussions, all those things, um, invited me really quickly into a kind of learning that I hadn't been able to do for a while um, in my life. I just hadn't had the opportunity to do. Um, so, um, so I felt invited over and over again in a really quick succession to new kinds of growth, right? I hadn't taught a class for a long time. So I was, you know, you know, leading a class. Um, I was quickly on the board. So I hadn't worked in that capacity. I mean, the, the most recent thing that I'd done similar to that was maybe on like an AYSO board, right? Like for soccer. So it just wasn't, you know, it's not anything the same. Um, and then um, then was able to become president of the school a few years later. So it just was a lot of a lot of growth in a short period of time. And I love that. I love that I experienced that. It was obviously challenging. Anytime there's growth, there's a lot of like friction and challenge involved, um, but also just super rewarding. And I've also loved seeing that in other members of our school too. It's just a really great process.
Yeah, no, I like how you, you said invite. That's yeah. a, a key word right there. Go ahead, Heidi. That, that's really cool. I, what I wanted to ask is, what was your experience? I mean, because you started, helped start this community and everything, did you help write the founding documents? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. So um, as our school had grown, and we grew, grew pretty quickly, actually kind of too quickly at first, we welcomed in a lot, a lot of people our second year, and we didn't have quite the culture to sustain that really, really well. So we weren't, you know, it just, it was just like a little bit too rapid of a growth, we realized. But as we grew, and as Olivia Vota realized, you know, like she's going to hand over the reins, um, and it ended up being to me, but to who, who knew, right, in the future, how do we kind of codify and protect the things that we love about Altus? Um, and so our whole entire board worked a lot on our governing documents that year. Um, just a lot of meeting together for hours, writing things, editing things, you know, researching and reading things. And we had been really, really blessed that in, um, Olivia and I worked with Tiffany Earle in creating school leadership training. And in that she had offered us a lot of, uh, a, a great basis to start from. She had written up some things that were, you know, a library school kind of founding document uh, kind of template. Um, so that was something that we could kind of improvise off of. Um, and that gave us some ideas of some really important elements to include, like an education plan, which is something that, you know, not a lot of documents had before it. So we have a clear education plan in our governing documents, which we're so blessed to have that clearly, you know, lay out that we are, that we do use Lemmy for Scholar Projects, for instance, and we, we use leadership education and things like that. So that's set in our governing documents. So yeah, that process was really rewarding. Uh, really challenging. We were writing at a level um, and in a way that maybe we hadn't had a lot of experience doing, but but it was a really great process. Really fun. Yeah, I I was one of the founding people in my community that I helped start. Yeah. And that is one thing that I treasure is that experience of writing our founding document. And it was one of those things where it's like looking up words that, you know, I, I remember as having a discussion about whether we should have the word agency in that mm -hmm. and what does that word really mean and just really going deep into it and it was it was so cool it was like you get just this little indication just this tiny feeling of what the founding fathers you know were going through and and that oh it was it was amazing now Tati aren't you yeah, I mean, you're starting a community. You're in the middle of that. Have you got, have you started writing your founding documents yet? Yeah, we we were working on it this last year. Um, uh, whenever we had time, <laughs> I, right. I think it, it, it's hard in the first year to like write your founding documents because um, you don't know what you don't know. You don't know. Right. <laughs> like I know that doesn't make. I agree. Sense, so I think as we were writing it and we were kind of basing it off of some other commonwealth documents and we have like a, something right now that i think i mean i'm pretty proud of what we've created and stuff but i don't think it we're at to the point where we want to take it to a vote to the members and make it like the document yet just because you know i think we're still trying to figure out like okay well because i mean once it's the document you know you can't just go in and change it whenever you want right like so we're we're just still working on that process and just realizing because like you, you said, you know, we had an education plan, which I, I we do have something in the document that does address that, but I don't think it's clear enough that says this is, you know, the education plan, you know, like it, it does say that we use Lemmy projects and stuff like that, but 
um, I, I think it needs to be more detailed or at least at least more like very clear as to what that is, you know, and I think it goes back to like, if you aren't very detailed in what you are, then you will be fall apart because you won't be anything right. You have to be very, very specific as to what you are. And the thing that I think can be hard is like, especially as women is we tend to be a lot more agreeable. So we want to like accommodate everyone, but we're not. And I also think there's like a fine line because when you're building something, you want to just like, oh, come on, everybody come and join. We want to build this together. And, and then it's like, wait, but if you're not a fit, then you just, then it doesn't work. Right. Mm -hmm. So yeah. I don't know. We're, we're in that stage right now. Just like, okay, how do we define and, and make what we want to have happen at the same time, get everybody to catch that vision and come along with us because like you said, it's, it's a lot of, it's a lot of invitation. It's a lot of inviting. It's a lot of getting people to catch that vision. And it's not just like a, you can't force it. You can't just be like, this is what we're doing. This is why. Like, <laughs> right. You totally want it to be a win-win for everybody involved. Yeah, right. Yeah, and those yeah. governing documents, they're definitely a sort of gate where they, if you're clearly messaging what you are, then the right people are going to want to join. Right. And if it's not so clear, then maybe it's not a win-win in the end, but just kind of a temporary win maybe. So yeah, that's, I think you're absolutely wise in, in my opinion, in my limited experience in figuring out what you are along the way. I think that's really, really helpful. That's also, like, it's been an interesting like growth experience for me just to be like, I think, I don't know, the more I, I take an act in leadership, the more I realize like, it's kind of a faith. It's, it's a lot of, there's a lot of faith involved, like, yeah. um, <laughs> and not like faith is in like a belief in a religion or anything, but like just just a lot of hope and faith that it's gonna be okay. <laughs> yeah, like that's kind of um, you know this is our first full year of like running things, and when I started it, we were in just a, a co-op with some friends, you know, mm -hmm. just doing we were doing science together, and it was just like let's get together and have the kids teach each other, and it was really fun. It was really fun, and the kids loved it. It was really fun, but. I would, you know, I grew up doing Lemmy and I grew up doing all of the scholar projects, you know, and, and wrote a couple of them. So like, I, this is something that I really see the value of, but then I really struggled with being like, okay, how do I show people something that's so awesome and precious to me in a way that doesn't overwhelm them? Yes. Yes. Yeah. It's so true. It's a fire hose, no matter what, right? If nobody's experienced it before, they're just going to be like swamped with the fire hose water because I just don't think there's any way around it. Um, but that's a hard, it's a hard process. And I wasn't, I haven't experienced being the torchbearer or being kind of the pure person who's experienced it first and is showing other people the way that that works, but, but it's an amazing thing, right? Yeah. It's good luck. It, it, was, it was, it's also hard too, is because it's like, okay, let's put this out to you. And then it's like a, it's like a, a balance line of like, I know you're going to like this. I know you're going to love this and I know it's going to be beneficial for you, but it's going to be really painful. So <laughs> do you really want it? You know, like that's, that's where I struggle. It's like, okay, this is the goal of what we're trying to do, but it's way harder than just yeah. taking your kids to a co-op every year, every week. It's way harder. Like on a scale of one to 10, this isn't a 25 or 50, you know, like, and so it's, it's hard to be to like, you sell it really hard to be also want to just be realistic with people. Yes. You know, as much as you can. <laughs> it's 
so true because you really are inviting you're you're saying to people like here go on this hero's journey participate in this library cycle it's gonna hurt you but it's gonna be good for you right and we've definitely had experiences I think in our community of like maybe overselling the fun aspect right a little bit and not underselling the work and we've we done it the, the other way too where we're really thorough about like this is what it entails this is what you're signing up for we want you to know everything up front right so yeah yeah there's I know as um for years I was principal mentor for our community and I'd have to sit down with new people and it's like this is not a supplement okay this is the main thing you do if you try and do like key of liberty and then another history program on top of it or even another language arts program mm -hmm. on top of it it doesn't work you are going to burn out your kids yeah it, it, they won't have any time but to, it it is so there's so much to it and it's it's awesome but it, oh i've had to have so many people it's like well we're just gonna try it and see and it's like okay <laughs> right it's super immersive right you're all yeah. in it's not gonna work yeah 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 but it, you get so much out of it i know um when i was first into it introduced to uh lemmy and the lemmy projects uh, Angela Creel had us all over to her home. She had just moved uh, to our area and she just, she brought the kids from her last community and had them do a, a scene from Shakespeare. It was Taming of the Shrew. It was amazing. And then she had them talk about, um, they were in quest and she had them talk about the, uh, the um courts and, and yeah the court supreme courts um right. thing and uh, I was like oh my gosh this sounds so cool I want this for my kid it was perfect um and I'm like I don't know how much I had no clue how much I was I was signing up for and I mean I she did it perfectly she really did it perfectly so but it's it, it is hard because yeah you're right you're either telling them too much and scaring them away or right not enough and they expect to be able to just come for fun and it's just yeah yeah they don't get as much out of it but. right we've definitely seen uh families come in because they see the what that we're doing like the Shakespeare or something like that they see that's inc incredible that's impressive I want my kid to do that that thing right I want them to participate in that in that thing and really I think the ones that stick the ones that that where there is that win-win with our community um, are the ones who really believe in the why, right, of inviting individuals to, to find and live their mission. If they understand the why, then they stick. But if it's on the what level, it just, it's like so much work that it doesn't become worth it, right? Because it really is a lot, but it's a lot of good stuff if it's, if it, if it works for your family, right? Yeah, and I think like I was, I was talking to my mom is um, transitioned from being, you know, a founder of Lemmy and now she's, uh, a clinical health therapist or I don't know their full title I know that's silly but <laughs> yeah. there's so many titles but anyways so she's a therapist and um I was talking to her about um because we were discussing you know what's our in our founding documents we're like what's our requirement for attendance right like I know it seems like a simple thing for you to have like a requirement of, of attendance, but like we're like, oh, can, can someone come and just come for a few times or like, you know, like what what do we need to have in there? Mm -hmm. And so I was I was just talking to my mom about you know just some different things about attendance and what 
her thoughts were on it and she's like well what people don't understand is is you're actually doing group therapy work and I was like wait what (laughs) (laughs) we're like we're like a bunch of group therapy with um with teenagers I mean we don't have none of these people are trained clinicians like I don't think we're doing that (laughs) she's like well what (laughs) she explained is like what happens is you in group therapy you have to get everybody together and then you have to accomplish something very difficult um and then in the process of doing something very difficult there becomes this uh, you have to set boundaries which every every project sets boundaries at the beginning right you set those boundaries and then you ask for engagement and you make it difficult right so she was because she was um just talking about different group therapy things that she's been trying to implement with her with her practice and she's like this is what lemmy does we do basically group group therapy with teens and um she's like so yeah you can't have an attendance rate that isn't 100 percent there unless they're sick because that that hurts the group and um and it hurts the group um, dynamic, which is what you're trying to create, right? And so I, I think when you said like, you know, the vision of it, the vision is not necessarily something people always understand because we're so worried about our children not knowing enough that sometimes mm-hmm. we forget that our children need to be okay with being who they are before we worry too much about what they know, right? And so I like that, like you really said, it's like we really clear laid out the vision of you know, our why. And, and it's such a weird why, though, because if I were to come up, to, you know, me, I have a 10 year old, right? So I don't have anyone in puberty going through puberty yet. So that right. why to me is like, okay, I mean, yeah, like, sure, you know, like, it doesn't, like, it doesn't come across like, yes, that's what I need for my kid, you know, right. Like, but as I've, you know, explored and done more work with, with, with teenagers, I'm like, that's definitely a huge why, a huge why for them. Yeah. And and I also think that's why we see so much success with the youth that come through these projects. Yeah, I would agree. Yeah. That's super interesting, Tatiana. That's I love that perspective from your mom. That's cool. Now, Katie, you also mentioned that you do you work with the school leadership training. Can you tell us a little bit about how that project, it's an adult Lemmy project. Yeah. You know, what happens in that project? What do we do? Yeah. So um, just to cover where, where it came from, um, as we were going through the transition in our school from one president to another, and we were, you know, visiting these principles over and over again, right? And just like, these are the principles. And I, I think it was a really collaborative effort. You know, Olivia certainly brought her genius to the table as the torchbearer. And I think everybody on the board was bringing their experiences and all these um, all these understandings, all this wisdom was kind of coming together and gelling as we were digging for the principles for our governing documents, for instance. Um, and um, and I think that, you know, school leadership um, at any level, whether you are a general member of a school leading a class or you are the president or you are, you know, the activities committee chair or whatever your role is in the school, um, your ability to do that work well really depends on your understanding of principles, right? Um, so so that's where, really where school leadership training came from was what are the principles, what are the principles that every member leader, because we want every member to be a leader in whatever capacity is right for them in whatever season is right for them, every member um, should be really 
comfortable or really aware or really understand um, certain principles. So having a why, having a purpose uh, and understanding your community's purpose, but understanding your own purpose for your own education um, and for your family's education, those things are really foundational. And there's other principles that kind of um, came together to become school leadership training. And while our communities look different, you know, Tatiana's community, um, Heidi, your community, our community, other communities spread across the, the country, um, while they have different like forms slightly or um, or you know different membership requirements, different things like that, those are kind of at the application level, but the but the principal level um, that's universal, right? That's kind of one of those um, elements of our principle is that it can apply in different situations at different times and different places for different people. So um, so yeah, so we um, we talk about things like like finding your why. We talk about um, we we talk about uh, two kind of general categories of things, and one is um, the principles of running a school um, and and those things, the very um, the kind of more task oriented principles. Um, and we talk also a lot about relationships because I personally think that it's a, a 50 50 kind of thing. So we have a lot of competent people who are very um, task capable coming into positions of leadership in schools often. Um, and that's excellent, right? We need we need all of the capable people leading at different times. Um, but sometimes what we don't value as highly that I think needs to be valued as highly is people's interpersonal communication, people's value of relationships, how much people are multiplying others. So, you know, for instance, we read um, multipliers by, um, oh, I'm gonna, I'm just gonna blank on who that is. Multipliers. Anyway, multipliers is a great book. We can Susan put it in the notes. Something. Isn't it Susan uh, something? Um, I don't think that one is. It might be. I'll, I'll put a link people. in the in the show yes. notes. I'll put yes. a link in the show I know notes. It's two people. I I just read it. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. It's so great. And so you know, we might be well intentioned in the way we're you know interacting with somebody, but it could be accidentally diminishing what they really have to offer, or it could be multiplying them. Um, so. Um, so that's basically the two, the two main portions of school leadership training is really working on um, relationships and self-awareness and interpersonal, um, interpersonal and like understandings of how to, to boost relationships. And the other side of it is, is definitely more about like forms and, you know, the principles your school is bound, um, based on, founded on, um, governing documents, things like that. We're interrupting this broadcast to invite you to ask questions or share your epiphanies in the comments section. And if you're enjoying this podcast, please consider leaving us a good review on the platform you are using because that really helps others find our content. Also, check out our website at lemmymentortraining.com. I really love how you said that they were like, um, we want any member of a school to be a leader. And um, when when my mom first started doing the 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 Kamal school, like I remember it was just uh, my mom's gonna teach this class, and then another mom's like I'm gonna teach this class, and then you know it started very organically, like as a mom's co-op, just coming together and sharing skill sets, right? Which I think is really really beautiful. But then quickly things really fell apart because, <laughs> because there wasn't like there wasn't a, a, a common vision mm -hmm. that could be like, well, this class doesn't really fit, right? Like, cause, cause there's so much good in this. There's so much good, right? Mm -hmm. 
But then when my mom was like, oh, started building combo schools, I think she spoke with, um, I think it was Dr. Mill, maybe it was Dr. Brooks, but basically they were like, well, this is a this is a failed model. It won't succeed you and it, and it won't continue. Like you'll never get these to be more than just a personality cult kind of thing. Like a personality mm -hmm. starts the school and then the personality is what keeps it going. Cause that's mm -hmm. what up until the point where my mom created Commonwealth schools idea, that's what they were. They were mom co-ops that are revolve around one person's personality. And then mm -hmm. they fall apart when that personality can no longer do it or life changes. Right. right. And that's the only thing that's ever existed, like in the homeschool community, you know, or it's like an organization, but it's like, nothing where everyone has been asked to step up and lead. And I just really think that's a beautiful aspect of what, you know, we're asking our, the, the people who, who participate in, you know, the scholar projects and then also envision building a, a library community is, is it requires leadership from everyone to some extent, which then I think has a more powerful trickle down because then if, if everyone is trying to lead in some way, then there's no hierarchy of I'm better than you or you have, you know, like those hierarchical games just go away. And then you can have like real relationships with people, right? Like powerful relationships with people because there's, we're not playing a game. <laughs> yeah, that's certainly the goal, right? The goal, I think, of the way that we're doing leadership education is to transform everybody, to give everybody the opportunity to transform. So that is absolutely the aim. Um, the reality of it is super complex, right? Because humans are human and um, and we're all messy and but still very, very good, right? So yeah, I love that idea there about the good, better and best. There are plenty of good things that we can pursue. And how do we filter out what the best ones are? I think that's that's through, you know, clarity on what our purpose is. Yeah, and I was I was I try not to spend a lot of time on Facebook homeschool groups because they tend to be like this trap of just like, oh my gosh, so much drama. <laughs> but I just <laughs> I was on I was on there just looking for some information someone posted about an event and I'm on there and it's like this one person was just like, Why are homeschoolers think they're the best thing ever and they beat on the public school systems? Like I don't that's just like all this, you know, terrible stuff and, and then there the, of course there's like fifty comments and anyways <laughs> As I was reading that, I was thinking, I was like, well, there's, 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 there's not one perfect way to educate an, an individual, right? And, right. and I think that's I, the beauty of, of leadership education, in my opinion, is that you have to be okay with, with each individual's education taking the path that it needs to take, you know, like my baby brother, he graduated from high school my two babe my two little brothers graduated from high school you know and there were six of us so like <laughs> like right. they had a total different path like he he never took quest because it wasn't the, the path he wanted to do he want he wanted to be a physicist and so he needed to be really heavy in his maths and he didn't see any value in that and and so like he he did shakespeare and key of liberty and sort of freedom and then he went and joined high school right yeah. and so like you could look at my mom being like oh you're a failure because you know you sent your kid there, but it's like, no, because leadership education pushes you towards finding the education and the mentors that that student needs, right? Mm -hmm. Right. So I, I just think it's just really interesting to be like, well, what if the option is is choice, <laughs> but within, you know, but then you still have to limit. It's, it's a delicate dance. It's definitely a delicate dance, but yeah.
Yeah, but I think the principle of leadership education is the same, right? We're meeting the student where they are, whether that student is me in my 40s or whether it's the kid who's, you know, six or the kid who's 16, right? Hopefully meeting them exactly where they are and helping them find their next best step, whatever that may be for them, right? So the principle is the same. Yeah. Can you tell us a little bit about what you're doing now um, that, I mean, you're not leading the Commonwealth anymore or your um, school or... What are you up to these days? Yeah, so I'm loving, you know, being a trainer for Lemmy. That's always been that's been a joy for me the last several years that I've I've done that. Um, it's it's something I really love. I'm still obviously involved in my community um, and help out however I can. Our school just grew into two schools, um, and that, so that's an invitation to growth again. That you know that we get to choose how we respond to that and welcome more people into our two schools. And um, there's a lot a lot involved in that. Um, and then Olivia Vota and my friend Andrea Peterson and I, we started a we started an online community for offering scholar projects, Lemmy scholar projects to um, scholars who don't have the opportunity to take them where they live or um, don't have access to the scholar project that they want at the time. So we're hoping to offer those to um, to any scholar who needs it. We're really excited about that. And you know, offering things like family foundations and um, and book discussions for parents so that they can have some of the benefit of a community, even though they might not have access to it. And what is the uh, the website for that? Yeah, so it's called Liber Education and it's libereducation.com. Awesome. Yeah, and my sister's gonna teach for it in the fall. So yeah. you should join because she's amazing. So. Yeah, we're so excited to have Larissa. We also have Tara Martin joining us and she's um, doing Georgics. So we've got a great group and we're um, we're excited for what we're going to head into in the fall. We also have summer classes happening too. So we're excited about that. Wow, that is so busy. Yeah. So well, I want, oh, go ahead, Heidi. I just wanted to bring up, I know your husband does something fun for his business. He Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. So, um, well, my husband's career was in science and law enforcement until he decided to have a complete switch. Um, in 2012-ish, um, we started a toy company. And so he makes um, he makes toy swords. And in our community, we actually use them for Mastering Knighthood. The cool thing about these swords is they're both kind of classic looking and also really fun. They're colorful, but they come in three parts. So all the swords mix and match, and we really love um, having that business that we own. It's called FormidableToys.com. Yeah. Wow. My sons are going to probably want one of those. <laughs> They're very fun. They're super fun. We have four boys. So it was our sons that, you know, invited us into creating those. Our one son in particular, he's, yeah, he's a fireball. He was, he's 16 now, but he was a fireball. So, Yeah. I think that is so cool because I have I have five boys and I mean we had the noodles and you know nice. fighting and you know yeah the sword thing that's one of the things that helped sell Shakespeare because <laughs> oh we get to play with swords we need we get to learn sword fighting and oh my gosh she put a, a sword in a, a you know a boy's hands and oh my yeah Shakespeare's cool <laughs> exactly and I don't think I haven't seen yet a boy grow out of that I see dads jumping into it's just a kind of fun thing for sure my, my 29 year old still I mean <laughs> yeah. 
it's all he has i mean the sword that actually my three oldest boys live together they share a condo and they have their sword of freedom swords oh fun yeah i mean heaven forbid they move out without their swords <laughs> that's know? hilarious then, I love it. yeah it's it's really cool so yeah they don't grow out of it they don't no, they so, don't yeah that's really it's cool <laughs> So I want to ask you kind of a more serious question. Is there a, a, a way or a story or an incident you could share with us where you felt like um, your community really blessed your family or another family where the community really made the difference for? Yeah. Yeah. Um, I have a ton of stories come to mind. Um, I think that's one of the beauties of community um, is that we are there for the highs and the lows, for the good and the hard. Um, and we celebrate with each other and we mourn with each other. Um, but there's a lot of stories that aren't mine to share. But I have mentioned the story of my family, um, you know, heading, you know, trying to come out of our hardest winter and how um, participating in our community really was transformative for our family. We um, gained resources and understandings that we really needed to come out of that really challenging time. In addition to that, though, uh, just a year and a half ago, less than a year and a half ago, though, I broke my ankle um at school at school and uh yeah um and had dear friends help me out and ended up having to have surgery and have you know multiple plates and tons of screws and all that and the recovery was long and challenging and it was the last semester of my presidency um so there was a lot of um a lot of challenges with that but I have never felt so uh, supported and encouraged and looked after and thought of as I did during that time. Um, I, you know, I was on bed rest for over six weeks and that could have been really, you know, depressing or um, um, really challenging in that way. And it was challenging physically, right? But I emotionally just wasn't weighed down by it. Um, I just felt really supported and and loved. Um, so much so that like the sweet, um, sweet boy who was in my mastering knighthood class this last year he's now eight he was seven at the time and he's just the most conscientious kid um, and he would come and check on me when I'd be able to come to school again how are you doing how's your leg healing do you need anything can I get you one? like he was just so thoughtful and kind and it's just the example to me or the, the kind of like representative of how sweet everybody was in in thinking of us and certainly people have gone through you know private struggles and things like that where um they're they're theirs to face but I have seen over and over again you know from you know weddings to babies to you know everything else um people really um connecting with each other and it's something I'm super super grateful for it's been it's been an incredible blessing one thing I think I say often in my community is I don't know about anybody else, but I didn't grow up with that kind of community. I do think it's rare. I think in our time and day, like it's just rare to have that kind of um, connection, um, but it's so beautiful and I'm so, so grateful for it. It is an incredible joy to me. That's beautiful. While you were talking, it, it really did, did hit me like, um, I. there's a tendency if you like listen to a lot of the news to be like, Oh my gosh, the world is 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 horrible and it's ending and it's like you know, <laughs> just this day, just today I was driving to our Commonwealth and my niece was like, "Did you hear about the fact that the poles can flip?" And then there'd be this massive, like huge, like world-ending 
catastrophic thing and already our poles are moving and I was just like oh my gosh like <laughs> okay no and I'm sure that's something you watch on YouTube but whatever like <laughs> um and so like there's there's a lot of this pressure of like the world is ending or like the dollar is gonna collapse or like the economy's falling apart and like all this like really a lot of anxiety and stress things um and as I um, we just as a community we just read um, the hiding place by Cory ten Boom mm -hmm. and I had read that for I don't remember what project I had read it for but when I was like you know 14 and I had mm -hmm. read that before and then I read it as an adult and the my favorite part of the book was wasn't anything that happened it was Cory's mom mm -hmm. and it was so powerful to me because she cared for people and loved people and taught Corey how to do that in such a way that when the world fell apart, Corey was never alone. Like to me, Corey's mom really set her up to mm -hmm. be okay. Like to be more than okay because of all the service that she had done, like, and all the things that she had done. Right. And it just was a really strong reminder to me that, people are what matter and so then my my sister calls me up and she was just freaking out because she probably listened to a podcast and told her like something was ending or whatever and, and I was like I told her I was like yeah I totally been there before but you really should read the hiding place again she's like oh I don't want to hear about terrible horrible Nazi stuff I'm like no but like if the if you look at proportion of the book it's not really that much right so it's a small section that's on that like no, the the beginning part. That's the part that tells you how to get through hard things, and that's the part that people are missing. They're becoming so isolated and on their own and independent. Like um, the other day, we were making bread, and we were like literally like we were making cinnamon rolls, and we were half a cup of sugar short. And I was like, I don't even know my neighbors to get a cup of sugar. Then the neighbors I do know are working, so we can't go get them. But it's like. You know, to, to be in a world where you can't even go to across the street to get sugar or, you know, those things, it's it's very unnerving. And so it's like as we work to build these communicate communities where that is not the case, where we can call people and, and have them serve us and we serve them. It's such a huge blessing, but it's it's almost like a learned skill we have to, like, relearn. <laughs> like I think so. I think so. I haven't seen examples of it. I didn't I wasn't raised with examples of it. I hadn't seen that kind of interconnectedness, interdependency, I think. And um, and it's a beautiful, beautiful thing. And I think that if we can focus on those good things, they grow, right? And it's so easy to get distracted by so many negative things. And there are plenty of them to be distracted by. But the positive things, they're right in front of us. And they're so, so good. And they matter. They make a big difference. Um, so yeah, I love it. Yeah, one of the reasons I just love leadership education is we do focus on that mission, that that innate genius in each person. And when we can focus on that and focus on seeing that in others and helping each other live our genius, live our mission, live our purpose, then everything we do is to is combating that negativity, combating that, you know, oh no, the world's gonna end thought. Because, but if you get caught up in that, oh no, the world's going to end, why live your mission? You know, so I feel like 
one of the reasons I'm so passionate about leadership education and about Lemmy is it, I really feel like this is what can save our world. I mean, it definitely can save our sanity by just focusing on this, because if we're focusing on our mission, on our genius, then we're not focusing on all that negativity. We're making the world better. And so many people that, I mean, especially our youth, they are giving up because they're being told there's no hope where there is. We just need them to live that genius, live that mission and and share it with the world. Yeah. The difference so it I, makes is huge. Yeah. I mean, I just get really passionate about that. I mean, yeah. this is, it's so exciting yeah. to be able to work with all these people and let me, you know, all of these mentors, all these trainers, I mean, all of these communities. And it's just so exciting because we really, we can change the world. It's so exciting. Yeah, I think it's worth being passionate about. It really is. And it makes me think of like Tiffany's example of you, you know, a dark map of the United States and the lights, you know, popping up all over the United States or uh, a kind of analogy that we use in school leadership training is a lighthouse and the lower lights and that we are the lights, you know, guiding each other and we need each other badly. We really do. We need to see other people's light and it makes a big difference. And one individual light makes a big difference, right? Um, it, it, every individual, and that's you know one thing that Lemmy gets absolutely right is every individual really matters. But I also think that one of the things that's unique about Lemmy that makes it so that it's not, it's it, I think it's the key to success is with that awesome community, you have to be able to say, if you want this, you have to be willing to sacrifice and you have to have pain. Like you have to have pain. <laughs> yeah. If yeah. I had a dollar for all the amount of stress that this last play gave me, I'd be so rich. Like, <laughs> and the and it, I, I, there were I remember like in the like right before Tech Week, right? I just sat there and I was like, I don't want to do this. I don't. Is this really worth what I'm doing? I really mm -hmm. I don't really know if this is worth this. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I think that's the the moment in every, I mean, it's part of the library cycle, part of that hero's journey um, that we were talking about. I think it's part of every single Lemmy project. There's that part where you're like, this is not going to come together, <laughs> right? This, well, I put all this into it. Is it really going to come together? And then miraculously, somehow it always does. Like the end result is always greater than, than we think. I mean, I think we saw this in our community this last year with some of our mentors thought with our um, Supreme Court simulation, you know, is this really going to come together? for for these scholars the way that is best for them um and then it does and it's just the best kind of little miracle right like it's just it's just really great yeah it comes back to like you have to have faith <laughs> right absolutely absolutely the principles are there and we've worked really hard and now we just have to have faith that it's all it's all going to be okay yep yep it's all going to be okay well i know in Key of Liberty, one concept that I always bring up because it's so relevant to adults, especially in, in, in the community, in the library communities, commonwealths, is the idea of social compact. And it wasn't until I went through Key of Liberty training that I, I had even heard of it. I mean, it's not something that is in any, right. you know, textbook um, that I saw that I read. Um, I mean, you know, I have, I have my teaching credential for high school, you know, history, 
Right. And I don't think I ever saw that concept brought up, but that is, it's huge. It is huge. The social compact, how we have to agree as a society to give up some of our freedoms in order to enjoy the benefits of being in a community. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, The, the terms, private virtue and public virtue were ones that stood out to me in that same project. And something that I've really learned a lot through quest one and two over and over again is, is the idea of private virtue, which is great. All well and good. We absolutely should have private virtue, that virtue within our lives and our homes and our own selves. And um, public virtue is also so, so important, so valuable. Um, And it does require sacrifice. It is not comfortable. It is not easy. I think George Washington is a beautiful example of that. You know, he just wanted to go home. Years and years of just wanting to go home. And yet he served and served and served and sacrificed and sacrificed and sacrificed. And our country is forever blessed because of it, right? So um, it's, yeah, it's something, it's something that, yeah, that's kind of necessary for us to be the kind of collective people we want to be, right? Well, and then also like it, it shows your children, this is what I value, right? Mm-hmm. That's, you know, going in to work every day, you know, my husband shows my children, we value hard work, right? But when I choose to like, be in these meetings till whenever and like have all these like hard things and you know, everything that's required, it's being in leadership and everything that's required in doing these things is showing my kids, this is what I value. This is, this is valuable to me. Um, and, you know, I just look at the example that my parents set for me and, and, you know, the, what they did for me and look, think about like, even though, yes, I'm not necessarily checking off all my boxes, I'm showing my children what is most valuable by doing it. Right. And, and I think that I was just having a conversation with my dad on Sunday, we were visiting my parents for mother's day and my dad how do we get on this topic? But basically he's like, you know, America's super, super unique because I was reading the history of, of um, Mexico and they never had a president that wasn't either corrupted or killed or assassinated. The only president they had was like Benito Juarez, but the reason he never got corrupted because he got cancer and died. So, (laughs) and I don't know, I mean, I I have read some about Benito Juarez, I don't know if he would have ever gotten corrupted, but neither here nor there, but he's like, it's such a unique aspect of America that we had these men who, who started our country, and then they said, okay, I'm going home. Like, you know, it's, it's, it's a, but that's part of what it means to be American is we have to have those institutions where people do engage in that public virtue and that and that, and that social compact. And, and I think that's what really, when you join a library community, that's what you're being asked to do, you know? Yeah, absolutely. And if we waited for perfect people to do it, it would never happen, right? It's imperfect people who have to do it. Like we do it while we know we're going to fail in some way, while we know we're going to mess up in some way, while we know we're going to come short, right? But we still, you know, somebody has to do it, right? Oh yeah. You, you should read the book grant. I don't know if I talked about this last time on the podcast or not, but grant by ron chair now totally okay. changes your life totally nice. changed my life like nice. because grant like the way that he was such a failure like in so many ways he was super gullible he was like the most gullible trustable person on the planet he believed anybody about anything <laughs> which doesn't like fare well when like you are <laughs> you have to have some like there are evil people in this world right and like but he had experienced so much hardship and so much failure in his life 
and the author Ron Chandler is like, there would have never been a more perfect person to be there at the surrender in Appomattox because he had faced failure so many mm -hmm. times in his life. He was so familiar with giving everything and coming up short all, all the time, all the mm -hmm. time that he knew, um, he knew how painful it was. So when he got the opportunity to receive someone's failure, he received it in a way in which none of the other generals would have done. Mm -hmm. because he was so familiar with with with, with this epic failure <laughs> yeah. you know and my dad said i told i was i was sharing that book with my dad because i was like dad you gotta read this book this is the best book and he's like well you know what's interesting is that's the that his precedent at epimetics is the same thing we've done with every war we've won every major war the americans have won has been following grant's grant's precedent of you know when we won world war ii that's what we required them to do, you know, like, and that's huge how we like this Japan and Germany and the world peace we have now in a large part is because the example that Grant set. And, and I was like, wow, that's, I hadn't really thought about that. Like, yeah. So it's like, if we, if we think that great things are going to happen when we become great, right. <laughs> we're never going to get there. <laughs> right. And also the other aspect of it, that the things that we've experienced in our life, like the the failures, the good things, all those things we've experienced, they give us experience. And um, that comes to comes into play, right? We can use the those things that we've developed through all those, you know, maybe challenging times and they help inform what we do. So I love that aspect of it too. I'll read that book. That sounds great. Not that you don't have a million things on your plate to read, but. <laughs> I mean, there's always room for another one, right? You know, every single Lemmy activity. I always come home. I mean, Amazon and Audible just absolutely love Lemmy. They've got to because they make so much money off of me just by, I swear, just by this podcast. <laughs> oh my gosh. I believe it. I believe it. You can get it on script. You should get it on script. It's okay. And, and then you can get it for, at least it, I, I think I listened to it on script. Maybe I, maybe I didn't. Maybe I had it on the library. But yeah, <laughs> sounds good. Well, thank you. It's been such an awesome um, time to get to know you and, and hear from you and hear from your experiences a little bit more. Is there anything you'd like to tell our audience in closing, those struggling moms out there trying to build a school? <laughs> well, I guess just that it's absolutely worth it. Um, it's just so helpful, so wonderful. Uh, my family, every single member of my family, those who have participated and those who haven't has been blessed by our membership in our community and our work in the community. So, you know, do the work, study the principles, learn from patterns of others. And, um, and it is so, so, so worth it. I'm grateful every day for the community we are a part of, for the hard parts and the excellent parts of it, um, for the rewarding parts and the struggly parts of it. Like it's all just, um, one of the best things that's happened to our family. So yeah, I absolutely, I absolutely recommend it. And if you don't have one, you know, strike up the courage to to do what you can to start one or become a part of one. Um, it's just so well worth it. Thank you. That's thanks so awesome, much for having Jamie. me. Oh, thanks for being here. My pleasure. Thanks for listening to this episode. Just as in every Lemmy training, we hope you walk away uplifted and inspired but also empowered to be a better mentor for your family and your community. Please be sure to subscribe and share. 
We also want to express our gratitude to all the Lemmy mentors, past and present. You got this. You can do hard things.